see the SVP fast pitches coming up. You uh, you ready to pitch well, Fed? I think so. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, having the opportunity to be on stage, you know, great public speaking and chance, and then also share, you know, what we've been doing at WellFed and kind of our vision for the work. So I'm pumped. Yeah, it's exciting. I really enjoyed doing that several years ago for when we were starting Well Built mm -hmm. Bikes. I'm glad you're getting to do it. For those of you just joining us, welcome to Tampa Talk. It is February 2nd. I'm John. And I'm Dahlia. Thanks for joining us. All right. What are we talking about? So not too long ago, but still a historical event on February 7th, 2021, the Buccaneers uh, won the 55th Super Bowl. And so Tom Brady, as we know, was at the team at the time. I think this is his first season with us. Yeah. And they were victorious over the Kansas City Chiefs, 31 to 9. It's quite a blowout, actually, now that I'm reading that score back. But for those who don't remember, um, this was a kind of a notable game because it was the first time a team had played a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yeah. And uh, Sarah Thomas became the first woman to ref referee a Super Bowl game. And so uh, two pretty historic events happening right here in Tampa Bay um, and the Buccaneers taking title. It's amazing. Uh, so some other stuff going on uh, these days over the last week or so in uh, Tampa. So the Tampa Bay Times is closes down their uh, Tampa office. Uh, 32 years after opening, their downtown office has closed its doors. Uh, the chairman and CEO, uh, is it Conan? <laughs> Conan. Like the famous guy, like the talk show host? Conan. Uh, oh, Conan. Yeah. Uh, not like Conan the Barbarian. Okay, mm -hmm. so said that his team, which includes nearly 100 journalists, has, you know, since COVID, like many companies, has embraced a hybrid, uh, hybrid work, and they simply just don't need all that office space. Um, so their new... Uh, offices are technically outside of our city limits here in Tampa. Um, they're at 5505 Johns Road, uh, Suite 710, mm -hmm. if you need to find them. That's in the town and country area where they have about 20 workstations at the new office. Um, this is something I was in other news at like the state level with all the kind of, you know, Senate committee stuff that's going on. Um, Senate committee on Monday backed a proposal that would prevent counties and cities from allowing people to sleep or camp on public property without permits, trying to basically ban sleeping outside. Uh, the bill's sponsor, uh, Jonathan Martin, uh, called his proposal a way to address a mental health crisis in the state and to assist the chronically homeless. I'm not sure how this assists. The Senate proposal would allow local governments to designate certain public property for sleeping mm. or camping if they met standards set by the Florida Department of Children and Families. But the bill also encouraged people and businesses to file lawsuits if local governments don't follow the proposed rules. So they get, and there was like some really uh, sh tough things around, let's say, um, the wording of this bill, so Democrats and some advocates of homeless people expressed concerns about the wording, uh, that it was very vague about these permits. They also said, and this is interesting, they said people who fall asleep while tanning on the beach or waiting on the bus stop uh, could be found in violation and raise concerns about the financial impact on local governments. I will tell you that here in Tampa, we have... Um, Let's say it's illegal. I don't know if many of you know this. It is illegal to fall asleep in a public park here in Tampa. This is a mm. city ordinance that we've already had in place. Um, but if, let's say, one of you middle class folks in decent clothes go take a nap in the park, I assure you there will be no enforcement mm -hmm. of that law. It really is a targeted enforcement, which 
shouldn't slash isn't legal constitutionally, but is how it plays out. If you've got multiple backpacks and look like you haven't showered in a few days or disheveled and you're sleeping in the park, you Mm. will be ticketed and it is against the law here in Tampa. But now they're trying to pass a statewide thing that wouldn't differentiate what our cities and counties are making decisions about. They would say this is not something they could do. Uh, Senator Rosaline Osgood said it can be it can't be our reaction that we're going to just put laws in place and they, meaning the homeless, will just go away. Um, you know, this is something I've been like really paying attention to. This is a new conversation, but it's it's been an issue. You know, like Florida is, I would say, in many ways, the opposite of California in our treatment of the homeless. Like out there, there's actually it's crazy, like almost in some cities, no one else can live there but the homeless because They've taken over entirely. Mm-hmm. You've got nothing but tent cities and there is open defecation and drug, you know, open air, just drug use and whatever. And it's it's like an example of like laissez-faire, just kind of yeah. do what you will, anarchy almost. And that is clearly not a good solution. Um, Florida has taken the opposite stance and we've criminalized almost every single behavior associated with being poor and living on the streets. Um, I do not in any way know how this is supposed to be a proposal that um, addresses the mental health crisis and chronic homelessness in Florida. Um, but there you go. Um, this is this is what we are currently. It, uh, they've backed this proposal and it looks like it's on its way to be um, you state may, law. You make a really good point, though, about um, or and I guess Senator Rosalind also made this good point. It's like it's the you can't just like create these laws and they're going to go away i think before i started working with the well i never was as aware of homelessness in our city i mean obviously i saw homeless people but i wasn't critically thinking about it mm-hmm. and then now um with the work that we do driving down 56 like driving anywhere i, I you know you you see the forest where all the tents are way back in there like tampa i think uniquely has a lot of like rural space considering it's such an urban place still and so the, our homeless do congregate and i mean the story of our our um tablecloth for one of our kinship tables yeah, i got know, turned into a tent turned into a tent in the forest like to me that was the most that was like such a good description of our work at the well but if you really open your eyes the homeless are already pushed to the margins um, and creating, the, I, I don't think creating a law that forbids them from sleeping outside is really going to solve that problem. It might force people to congregate in areas where they feel safer. Um, but yeah, I agree that I don't see it as addressing the actual chronically homeless issue that you might yeah, you know, so we have across some, the nation. Some history kind of nationally, even uh, for folks listening that are, older let's say than 50 um probably remember if you're younger ask someone older than 50 but like homelessness as we know it did not exist in the united states like we like in the 50s 60s 70s you had like we you know they had like hobos travelers like there were people that like uh were wanderers let's say um going from place to place maybe didn't have a home but this like chronic homelessness, large population in our city really was a result of something that happened in the 80s under Ronald Reagan, which was the the deinstitutionalization. So we had all these like lo- the loony bins. Mm. We closed those down nationally. And there was a ton of people like they, they were very poorly run. They were closed for like compassionate reasons, like no one should have to live like yeah. this. But what effectively happened is it flushed these folks and it was a mental health crisis. It flushed them into our streets and our alleys where mm. families weren't taking them in. Nothing replaced what was being offered. 
Um, we have very limited mental health resources, um, you know, and so what happens is now you have, we have effectively open asylum in our alleys. And so while we deinstitutionalize in the eighties, then you've had this growing, what we're calling a chronic homeless problem. And it's especially in places like California and Florida, where the, you can survive weather, all yeah, year because of the it. weather. So people make their way to these warmer climates. We have large homeless populations. And what I see us doing here in Florida is reinstitutionalizing in a way because we're, they won't just go away. They will end up going to jail. Hmm. Um, because even if it is like it is here in Tampa, you just get ticketed for sleeping in the park. Then uh, then you get, then you maybe can't pay your fine. You get a court date, a bench warrant. Um, you don't show up on your date and now you're going to end up in jail. I'm going to move on to another story here, but this is one that, you know, I, I could go on ad nauseum about, obviously, um, Florida prepaid. So you guys may know about this, this is like for prepaid college plan to cut prices, citing, you know, years of low tuition, uh, increases. So Florida prepaid tuition program announced this week that it will offer its lowest price in 10 years due to multiple years of lower than anticipated tuition and fee increases for states, public colleges and universities. Um, this year's open enrollment period begins uh, now, actually, so started February 1st and it ends on April 30th. Plans start at $34 a month for newborns covering one year of college. Four-year university plans start at uh, less than $135 a month. A two-year college plan um, at less than $39 a month. That's nearly 20% lower uh, than last year. And this is actually following a class action lawsuit filed in early January that cites disparity in the value of plans purchased during and before 2006-2007 enrollment period. It also criticized the plan for having billions of dollars in surpluses. Uh, the plan, which started in 1988, follows Florida residents to make monthly or lump sum payments to cover future costs of college tuitions and fees. I've known uh, plenty of folks that have done this with and for their children or people that whose parents did it for them and it was able to cover their colleges. Uh, they can be used up to 10 years after a student graduate from high school. The plan also is offering refunds to longtime customers with enrollment wow. starting this week. Florida Prepaid is a fantastic program. It is. I mean, oh, you hear all the time on like TikTok, oh, set your kid up for success and buy them a house the day they're born. It's like, okay, well, that's not realistic. But something like $34 a month towards your kid's education every year of their life going, or sorry, every month of their life, you know, you really do set them up for success and don't have to worry about those loans and how transferable it is. It's really quite impressive. Now, I would also just like to see college not cost what it costs. And sure, so, yeah. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of school, though, Hillsborough schools officials say that discipline problems are dropping this year. So reports of fighting, tardiness, vaping and other common school infractions have dropped considerably, considerably from this time last year. Overall, disciplinary referrals dropped from a little over 66,000 to about 59,000, which was an 11% decrease. Um, Chairperson Karen Perez, studying the racial breakdown of the reported incidents, made a note that uh, in this improvement year, 48,000 of the 59,000 incidents, 82% of which were black and his Hispanic multiracial students. 17% were among white students who make up 30% of enrollment. Uh, the district leadership believes that this year's numbers were helped by increased use of a strategy that, that's called positive behavioral interventions and supports, a research-based system that addresses students' emotional needs while working toward uh, consistency hmm. and disciplinary practices. So teachers and administrators are receiving tra training in the strategy at USF, 
University of South Florida. And the district says that it now has 67 schools that are using this positive behavioral intervention and supports. Sounds like a great program. Pretty obvious, right? Focus on the mental health and you'll improve the behaviors. Yeah, right, right. Uh, let's, let's address some of these needs. Um, so it sounds like there's millions of vehicles on the road that have urgent safety recalls. New data shows millions of vehicles um, have this have been deemed too dangerous to drive. A majority are related to the Takata airbag recall, and which is the biggest automotive recall in U.S. history. Data from Carfax shows 2.5 million cars in the nation have urgent safety recall, do not drive or park outside. Of those, uh, 237,000 are from Florida, 58,000 of those are from the Tampa Bay area. Regardless of your vehicle, if your vehicle's relit, Listed under the recall, experts recommend checking your vehicle's VIN number on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website. Drivers can go to nhtsa.gov slash recalls, enter their 17-digit VIN number to see if their cars are one of these that have been affected. And then finally, uh, as we've seen pickleball taking over the world, um, a new open-air pickleball facility has opened in Ybor. Uh, pickleball crews repurposed open-air space is on 2nd Avenue in the heart of Ybor City. The location features eight courts and players can use an app to sign up for beginners courses, pickleball 101, events, playtime with others. They have a day pass um, that you can get for $14. For uh, They have an unlimited month membership for $139. And you, if you're interested in this, you can visit TampaPickleballCrew.com to learn more and, and make reservations. Wow, pickleball really is taking over the world. I'm saying. Uh, so events going on this weekend, we have the Pinellas Medieval Fair happening um, the 3rd and the 4th, from as well as the 10th and 11th, um, over at DK Farms and Gardens. And so if you've never been to one of these medieval fairs, which I haven't, and I really want to go. They're kind of um, cool. I know. I They feel really cool. Yeah. Um, they're weird. But there's, you know, Pony Ryan's miniature golf, food, drinks, shops, um, blacksmiths, archeries, and all those kind of fun medieval things. Tickets are only $15 online or $22 at the door. Over at the Tampa Theater uh, next weekend, an evening in celebration of Frederick Douglass will be uh, showing in honor of Black History Month. Uh, this is a public event, and it's actually free to attend, going on at 6.30 p.m. on February 7th. Um also at the Tampa Theater, that following Monday, February 12th at 6.30 p.m. will be uh, the Social Ventures Partners Fast Pitch event, which, uh, as we spoke about a little bit at the beginning of this episode, Wellfed Community will be pitching for a grand prize of $25,000. So Come cheer them on, y'all. It, it is a ticketed event. It's $15, but we really appreciate your support, and so would the other seven organizations that are... Some awesome work uh, represented in it, yeah. Absolutely. We've been had the privilege of you know learning together over the past long time now six months maybe and yeah. uh there is some really good organization so check out the list of uh, of orgs maybe you know somebody else on it but it will be going on tampa theater monday 6 30 p.m also happening uh starting next thursday february 9th and going until february 19th is the florida state fair over at the fairgrounds um which are just off 301 and so this is I don't think a lot of Tampa, I didn't realize this until I started working in the fair with WellFed, that 
that we have the state fair. Like it's not just oh, a yeah. county fair. It's a huge state fair. People are coming from all over to, you know, show their different animals and vend their different things and just have a lot of fun together. So homegrown Hillsborough, the county led uh, food system initiative will be out on display Saturday and Sunday over in the keep Tampa Bay, beautiful learning garden where you can kind of learn more about our local food system and food systems in general, as well as well-fed community will be having their aquaponics booth set up in the expo hall throughout the duration of the fair with Friday, Saturdays being when we'll have cooking demos. So be sure to join us, um, around that lunch period, 11 to one, if you want to learn a, a healthy, fun snack from well-fed community. And then finally, um, a couple of weeks out, the Gasparilla Music Festival. Now that the Gasparilla Parade has calmed down, there's still plenty more Gasparilla to go around, and it'll be at Julian B. Lane Park. Tickets are as low as 40 bucks for day passes and upwards of, you know, however much you want to spend after that. Um, otherwise, we have some more uh, ongoing events that, John, do you want to share about? Yeah, actually, so just this is a small group of friends and I that uh, we're starting what we're calling Collab Coffee um, at Blind Tiger Cafe in Ebor. This will be from 8 to 10 a.m. on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. We're going to make sure that we're kind of down there hanging out. Um, but this is just an opportunity to be together. Those of you that are working on something, building something, um, this is a place for us just to come together, kind of share our concepts, what we're working on and, you know, goals that we're setting for ourselves. And we're really just trying to set this table for um, builders to come together and share and collaborate and encourage one another. Uh, we'll spend a couple hours uh, every other week down there. So we hope you join us again. That's second and fourth Wednesday mornings, eight to 10 AM at blind tiger cafe. Uh, I think that's what we got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please do continue to share Tampa Talks. Make sure you subscribe to Word on the Streets at wordonthestreets.xyz, uh, where you can get the uh, kind of newsletter version of this that comes with a few extra things like podcast of the week and a couple things like that. Um, we will be out at Harvest Hope this morning from 1030 to 1130, kind of sharing food with the Kinship Mobile Free Market. And we'll be doing a little gardening over at Ybor Street Community Garden from 10 to 12. All right. Well, that's what we're talking about, everyone. And thank you for joining us. Until next time. Y'all be good.